This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. If you haven't heard of Samara Joy, I'm about to put you on. Samara is a jazz vocalist whose buttery vocals have earned her some of the top accolades jazz has to offer, including two Grammy nominations for Best New Artist and Best Jazz Vocal Album. And I think it's worth mentioning here that Samara is only 23. She's being touted as the first Gen Z jazz singing star, so it's no surprise that her career got a massive boost by going viral on social media. But she'll be the first to tell you, and I think it's clear from her level of talent, that she's so much more than her age or social media presence. In our conversation, Samara charts her career from honing her talent in the Bronx to becoming an international jazz star. She also explains what her success could mean for jazz and why she's treading lightly on social media. This is Creative Control. I'm your host, Casey Finey. Each week, I'll be unpacking the driving forces and people shaping the creator economy and what it all means for its future. Samara Joy, I am very excited to talk to you. This is almost feels like serendipitous because I discovered you on TikTok, which I feel like that's, I can say that about many things these days. I mean, I saw a video on TikTok, but I really, I came across your video of you singing, I think it was, it was like a Nancy Wilson song. I went in town to shop around for something new. I thought I'd stop. And I just remember just like stopping in my tracks. It was guess who I saw today. And I just remember just like stopping. I I liked it. And then I also like favorited it, like bookmarked it because I was like, I'm going to I need to learn more about this, about this woman who is absolutely crushing this song. And and then I got a pitch being like, hey, you know, Samara's doing some press. And I was like, I absolutely need to talk to her because (laughs) as a jazz lover, I'm just I'm I've just been blown away by what you've been doing so far in your very young career. And so. I would love to start from the beginning and ask, I mean, what was that initial spark that sent you down this path to becoming a singer, more specifically a jazz singer? Well, my family is very musical. I mean, especially my dad, he's a singer and a bass player. And so there was always music playing, whether it was on the way to school, because he dropped me and my brothers off to school every day, or in the house, you know, where he was making his own music or he was just playing music while he was cooking and stuff like that. So I always loved to sing and I always started like copying, you know, whoever I saw, whether it was like Disney Channel or whether it was like Stevie Wonder or something like that. Like I was always singing something and, but I never thought of it as a career. I thought maybe it'd be nice, but I didn't listen to jazz growing up. And so that's why everything that's happening now is all the more shocking because I never set out like, I'm going to be a jazz singer. I'm going to play in these, you know, these types of, I'm going to have a band. I'm going to do this. And that. like, I never <laughs> planned for this kind of, I just knew I liked to sing. My first encounter with it was when I was, it was like towards the end of high school and a teacher of mine, we had already had, um, I guess, majors in high school. They allowed us to be like, okay, do you want to do vocal? Do you want, it was a performing arts high school. Do you want to do vocal class? Do you want to do a band class? Do you want to do visual arts? Or do you want to do dance? Um, and so I chose vocal, but the band class was right next to mine. And um, the teacher would occasionally pick out soloists from the choir, you know, to, to do stuff in collaboration with the band. And so she asked me if I wanted to 
you know, sing a couple of songs with the jazz band. And so I was like, okay, you know, I don't mind to do a couple songs. That was my first encounter with it, but it didn't inspire me to like, okay, I'm going to go listen to Sarah Vaughan now. I'm going to go listen to Ella. Right. But it turns out, you know, that the songs that I learned for that class ended up being the ones that I auditioned with to get into college, to get into the jazz studies program, which was pretty much the only one that I auditioned for. Like I wasn't, again, you know, when it comes to like career and everything like that, like I didn't, I didn't audition for Berkeley, Juilliard, MSN. Like I didn't even really know about them. And I was like, you know, I, I already see amazing young musicians on social media and on YouTube and stuff like that. So I don't feel like I, you know, in those programs, maybe it's not for me, but SUNY Purchase is right up the road. It's 30 minutes away. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm in-state tuition, you know, hey, in-state scholarships. Say that again. because <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like no sort of super crazy. Because I was, I was kind of stressed about that. I was like, I don't want to, you know, everybody's talking about debt. Everybody's talking about student loan debt. It's after so school. real. It's like, so real. Yeah. I do not want to deal with it as if I can help it. I auditioned. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I sang and and the professor at the time was like, you know, so what other kind of songs do you know? And so I sang a hymn and he emailed me back a couple of days later and was like, we would love to have you a part of this program. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I freaking bombed. What do you mean? What, you thought you bombed? <laughs> I just, I, I knew I wasn't confident, you know, like I, I had never done any gigs, you know, like that up to so Like my only, my wow. only experience was just a couple of songs with the jazz band. Like it was really very, very casual. So. And what does that say about you that you feel like you bombed something and now here you are a two time <laughs> Grammy nominee. I'm just saying, like, uh, just, uh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the same way. I don't like when people like you know shine a spotlight on me. So I'm sorry. But like, you did this. You're the one who opened <laughs> that mouth and let that voice come out. So this is on you. Oh my god. I mean, speaking of a hymn, I mean, I know that your family has ties to singing in the church, and so like, was gospel ever on your radar? Yes, and I actually, um, when I was... It's your grandfather, right, that mm -hmm. sang in the church? Yeah. Elder Goldwire. And um, he's still alive. He's 92 now. Um, he's got the pipes. And... I've seen the videos you post of him <laughs> <Yes>. online. <laughs> he, he and my mother, he, my, my grandmother, excuse me, had a choir called the Savettes of Philadelphia. And they were the leads. And I, you know, used to listen to their music because they have, they recorded, you know, a couple of albums. Elder Goldwire and Ruth McClendon <laughs> with the Savettes of Philadelphia and... Um, so I listened to gospel music like it was and my dad, we played, you know, sang in church, you know, did the Christmas plays in church and and all this kind of stuff. So it definitely was a part of my upbringing. But I really started to participate as far as singing when I was like 15 years old. I, we joined this church actually up the street from my school in the Bronx. Um, and I initially joined the choir with all that being my intent you know was just to be in the choir because it was cool you know it was kind of like a mega church situation so Oof. you know it was like uh -oh. <laughs> live stream <laughs> live stream big you know lyrics on the on the screen mm -hmm. and you know it's really exciting and so i was like i'm gonna be in the choir you know then they kind of like bumped me up to uh praise and worship leader and so i had a mic and i was 16 at that moment and i was like I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> was that young for that, to hold that position? Literally, the cap was 18, but they allowed wow. me. Wow. Again, talent. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I don't know what they saw, but I was 16, like, doing praise and worship. Like, okay, I have to, like, 
I'm lead, like I'm in a position of leadership when I'm, I was just not used to that up until that point at all. And we were doing it every week, you know, like we had services on for Bible study Wednesday, then we had a Saturday night service and then we had a Sunday service and we just, we had rehearsal on Thursday and like special events and stuff like that. But I count that as being as helpful too, you know, just like having that experience of like, you have to get up on stage and, you know, and sing, you know, and not, and not be afraid because it's not necessarily about your performance, mm. which is what I kind of carry with me whenever I do, like, I guess my own show now. It's like, I don't want it to necessarily, even though I am performing, like I am singing on stage, like I don't want it to be about, hey, look at me, you know, look at what I right. can do. Like in in that context and with, with church, it was like, this is a fellowship. Like we're bringing everybody together in song. We're unifying in song. We're connecting, you know, to something higher than us. So it's not, you don't, you know, I'm only a vessel for something more. And so mm -hmm. I hope to bring that to the live performances as well. Were those elements what made jazz click for you? Because it sounds like, you know, you could have gone the gospel route, the church route. It sounds like jazz was something that just kind of happened to you. You weren't like actively seeking out. It was just kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll sing with the band. Yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, sure. And then now here we are. So I guess like when did jazz, being a jazz vocalist, like really click for you and as something that you really wanted as opposed to something that was just happening to you? I honestly would say it happened while I was in the program, in, in the undergraduate program at SUNY Purchase. And um, it was a jazz studies program. We were there to study. We were there to play and to learn and to, you know, compose and to arrange and everything like that. But when I started, I was just like, you know, I'm here. I'm the newbie. I don't really know anything about this music, but I'm willing to learn, even if it doesn't turn out to be a career for me. I want to utilize this time as best as I can. And acquire the skills that I need while I'm here. And so that was my intention going in. But then, you know, when I started listening to the music and I was like, studying just became passion. And it just became, I even though I've never been exposed to this music, I don't have any sort of like anything connecting me. Like I was listening to Ella when I was like two years old and everything like that. It still touched me. And I was like, I want to know more about this, you know, right? even if, it's not like I'm going to be a big star or wow. you know, have a huge career in this. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and yet. <laughs> that was not the goal. I mean, so when was your big break? Because I know, I think you initially signed with Whirlwind Recordings. Yeah. And then now you're with Verve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, so how did that come about? Like when when was your big break? Of, I mean, I would assume that's your big break of getting signed. So like how how did that come about? I participated in the Saravon International Jazz Vocal Competition in 2019, and I won. And you know, it was very exciting because I was like, you know, what does this mean? You know, we're gonna. I, I think the winning it was like I won money, and then I was gonna perform at the famed Newport Jazz Festival. And so I was like, okay, that's gonna be it. That's gonna be it, right? 2020. Wow. <laughs> the, the way that I actually was thinking, I was like, ooh, keep going. And I forgot that. 2020. <laughs> like, mm, no, try again. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you yep. know, so it's like, okay, this, I thought this was going to be the path. I thought it was going to go one, two, three, boom, 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 won the competition. Now everything, life is going to begin, right? No. So, but, you know, random, I took a trip to Dubai in January of 2020. That was fun. Sang at a wedding. It's like, what? Cool. Maybe, <laughs> maybe right. this 2020 thing is going to work out. March. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still in undergrad and 
I was just finishing, you know, my junior year. And so I was like, okay, you know, we're taking Zoom classes. Everything's kind of stopped. Maybe this is for the better because we were all feeling pretty stressed anyway. So, you know, stay inside, take your classes, be home with family. Cool. And then one of the judges from the competition reached out to me. He's all, he's a producer. And he was reaching out to me a couple of times. You know, we should work together. You know, we can talk. I know it's a pandemic, but, you know, hear me out, that kind of thing. And so... Finally, I posted a video with one of my professors from Purchase. The Ella Fitzgerald Foundation picks two scholars from Purchase to fund and like to help, you know, through through their senior year. Um, and I was chosen as one of them. So we've recorded a video kind of to say thank you, singing one of the songs that Ella sang. And um, it was in August of 2020. It was literally, I, I viewed it as kind of like an assignment. Like, you know, we have to do this. We want to thank the foundation. And it went viral. Like, it got, like, a million views. People were reaching out you to me. You understood the assignment, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Like, you like shared it on was, TikTok or no, on I, Instagram? I did not even use TikTok at that point. Wow. I shared it on Facebook. It went viral on Facebook. I All was right, like, Auntie Samara. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> who, is, who is looking at this? Like, people were sharing. They were like, the aunties? oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was like... People on like classical like voice pages were like, oh my gosh. People on Broadway pages on Facebook, oh my goodness. My family, I was like, who wow. is looking? Who is sharing this video right now? And so it went viral in like a week. And then he reached out to me again and was like, people in the comments were like, you know, we need an album. Where's your project? What's your next thing? Blah blah blah. And she was like, I can help you if this is what you want to do. You know, we can utilize this attention on you right now and record a project, have it in the works. And so I was going into my senior year. That was August of 2020. I was going into my senior year. And October of 2020 is when we recorded the first album. I used some of the money from the competition and a GoFundMe from people like based on the viral video. I think I signed with Whirlwind like a couple months after that. And then we planned to release it in July of 2021. So right after I graduated from Purchase, I was like gearing up to release this record and then, you know, go on tour and stuff like that. Is that normal for, like, people getting ready to graduate from, you know, a music program, already having their debut album getting ready? Is that regular? You know. Talk to me, because I don't, listen, I can't sing worth a lick. I can barely play anything on the piano. So, like, I don't know how things are supposed to go. <laughs> this seems as if it's pretty outstanding for you to have a record already under your belt by the time you graduate and the thing is it would it probably would not have happened if it hadn't been for the pandemic because mm. i wasn't planning on recording or anything of that nature like i was just focused on the, the on the festival like right. won the competition now we're looking towards the festival because that's when all the eyes are going to be on you and like you need to really you know showcase people like this is people you're introducing yourself pretty much for the first time so what are you going to do but now that that was postponed, like I didn't even play the Newport Jazz Festival until this most recent summer, two years later. It worked out, but I definitely would not have planned that. And I don't know if people who are in music programs plan it that way, where it's just like, mm -hmm. I'm going to record before I graduate so that I can promote and, you know, go on tour and, and sign with a label and kind of get my name out there. Like, I did not plan that. <laughs> your first album was self-titled, right? And then mm -hmm. your album with Ferv is Linger A While, which is where I first noticed you. Like, I think that was like the song that you were singing was from Linger A While. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, and Verve, we have to say, I'm not, not to take anything away from Rowan, but Verve is like, 
that is an iconic label, an iconic label. And so how did they come into the picture? We've been touring for the first album through 2021. And then the new year hits and we're like, okay, I think we should record a second album. And once again, we should pay for it ourselves and have all artistic, you know, autonomy and then present the project and a plan to a label. And that, and January was also the time that I started using TikTok, January of this year. And so that was another thing that helped too, is like within a month, like the month of January was when like all the TikTok followers and everything came. And so I could present that to a label too. It's just like also with social media, you don't have to like beg or like, you know, have come up with this whole big rollout plan. It's like, I, I'm giving you already the kind of like a platform that I have that I've built over the past couple of years on Instagram and on TikTok. But yeah, with January, it's like, maybe we should record a new record. I've already been like integrating some new songs into my set, like into the show. Um, some from the first record, but some not just to try stuff out. And so March of 2022, we recorded the second album in like two days. And in two days, in two days, in two days, <laughs> I think I did like seven of the songs in one day and like another five in the next day. OK, see, what we're not about to do is a whole like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know if I'm talented or not, or whatever. We're not about to do that because you recorded. Let's. All right. All right. Hold up. You recorded Linger while in two days. Yeah. <laughs> all right continue i just want I just, I just wanted to pause for a second i just wanted to just pause and linger a while on that fact that you recorded this album in two days <laughs> continue with your story it's fine it's fine <laughs> it was march of 2022 i was like okay this is gonna be the same kind of rollout as i mean i don't know i was i did touring and stuff in the midst of the pandemic so the idea of like what it is now it just didn't really occur to me i was like okay right. so we're kind of you know going to be under some form of lockdown still you know there'll be COVID restrictions when it comes to traveling and stuff you know but with the vaccine i guess it's gotten better but yeah i was just like you know we're recording an album we want to present it to major labels this time around because on the first go round, they said no you know it's like we don't want to mm. take the risk of a new artist when we don't have anything really you know everything is up in the air you know as far as like festivals as far as shows and like live performances we're still doing live stream gigs and stuff so that's why i'm grateful to whirlwind for like taking that chance on me you know of course um so we finished the album i mean we had meetings like pretty much every other day with with different labels different jazz labels and stuff like that and then you know we had a, a couple of meetings with verve and it felt right and assigned like very low key that's the thing it was low key because i remember scrolling through trying to figure out exactly when you signed and i figured oh she'll have like uh like a video saying i signed with verve and they're really you know what the <laughs> why not i was literally just like in the attorney's office and was like okay sign here sign here sign here <laughs> i can't re i can't remember why we didn't i think it was just kind of we were pressed we were pressed for time or something but no, it wasn't no champagne. It wasn't no champagne. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com.
So how would you describe knowing that you had this viral moment singing this Ella song that really seemed to kind of set this this all in motion for you? I mean, like, how would you describe your relationship to social media? Because it is a great vehicle to discover music. That's how I came across, you know, your amazing talent. So how how is your your relationship with social media? I agree with that in that it's a great it's a great vehicle for discovering music, for finding your audience and for allowing people not like sharing everything, but just being like, this is an initial introduction into who I am. If you don't like it, you don't have to follow. If you do, mm. you know, follow me along, you know, on this journey and maybe even come to the live shows, you know, once you introduce to what I do on social media. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes being introduced as a TikTok star is just like, is that my name? I was just gonna, is that what's okay. To my- <laughs> here's the thing, I, and I asked for that specific reason because I know that there's some artists specifically who they it, it is somewhat of like a tortured relationship with it because they understand they understand the impact that it can have of being on these platforms and allowing people to discover their music and whatnot. But I think a lot of people, some artists, have the tendency to feel like I want to lead with my talent more so than my antics on this right, <laughs> on this platform exactly. and whatnot and i i fully understand both sides of it and so that's yeah. why i want I, my follow-up question was gonna be <laughs> like what are some of the drawbacks i mean and, and even even tiktok specifically like it's this like gift and a curse of if somebody uses like your sound or you know your your, your music as a sound that can be great like that can that can lead to boost in attention boost in streams whatever but also it can kind of water the quality of it now. I can't tell you how many times me is just like a you know a fan of of TikTok and social media has just been like I get sick of certain songs. I hear people like just use it over and over and over again. Some challenge and gotta catch another flight. Exactly. I, don't wanna go <laughs> I just want to have a good no, night. No, 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 no. And it, it, oh, it's always the songs that like they like they have he a way of pulling. Uh, no, I cannot. Oh no. Oh no. 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 I cannot. Say. <laughs> if you heard something in what I just did, but I knew exactly what you meant. So. Okay, then. So like, I'm good at imitating things. Mm. I don't do it well. Don't turn no, this on no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> I heard that. But seriously, like it, it would mm. not surprise me if like all of a sudden somebody took like an Ella Fitzgerald song that you covered or Sarah Vaughn song that you covered and turned it into like some viral thing and it's like how would you feel about that because it's kind of like gift and a curse (laughs) yeah like when i made my first couple of tiktoks and i was like sharing videos of me singing and like sharing things about what uh miss regina king said about me or like that was a moment i discovered a young woman who just seems like sarah bond is in ella fitzgerald are both living in her body but Samara Joy, when I watch her and when I listen to her, it just, she just, her name is Samara Joy and she, it brings me joy. I was like, okay, you know, people are actually listening and kind of gravitating to it. Cause it was very intimidating at first. Cause I was like, TikTok is hilarious. Like I love, you know, watching people create on it. It reminds me of Vine and, you know, that kind of platform where it's like, you know, everyday, everyday comedians, you know, just like making skits and stuff like that. Or even like finding great vocalists on it too. Like it's, it's amazing, but I wasn't sure if I had a place on it. And so I was like, I got to figure out how to share and how to be a part of this world while still being myself and not letting it kind of consume me or like me change what I do in order to be accepted by people on social media. So 
it's like on the one hand I can't help but be grateful because it led to like you know this ongoing relationship with the Today Show like they found a video of me online and then I got to perform it in the studio you know I don't think that would have happened as quickly as it did without them seeing me on TikTok just organically you know not me having to like you know bang down the door to be you know let in or anything right. when it's like I guess added to the resume it's like look how talented she is she even has this many likes on social media it's just like <laughs> is that all i am is that all i am <laughs> do you pick is it all i am <laughs> i mean but that i find it interesting because first of all i agree completely because i'm the type of person that like i have not posted a single tiktok I just consume yeah. and I'm like, I like, and that call me a lurker. I don't care. But like, <laughs> I just, I will consume the content. I don't really want to push anything out. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I mean, the, maybe I should be better about that. I don't know. But on the flip side of having TikTok being added to sort of like your, your, your title, I mean, you were kind of being pitched as like the youngest Gen Z jazz sensation and whatnot. And it's like, <laughs> which honestly, I mean, fair because i think right. they're they're not there to my recollection there haven't been many jazz vocalists that of your age what you're 22 i just turned 23 23 hey happy birthday thank you <laughs> but yeah there's like not many like 23 year old jazz vocalists out there that have made such a like such a splash as, as you're making now and aside from your obvious talent i mean what do you think you're bringing to this genre just by you being so young or do you even think about it that way I think that, because I was on tour, right? I was on tour with Miss Diane Reeves, mm. and she was telling me, she was like, you're bringing this music to another generation that is just not exposed to it. Like that Nancy Wilson song, somebody came up to her and was like, you know, Samara Joyce sings her song, Guess Who I Saw Today, and I just love it. And she was like, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you, baby. I'm not even going to tell you where that came from, because you ain't even going to know. Man, you ain't ready for that. You ain't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> you are not even going to know. Bless your heart. But I am conscious of the fact that I'm singing songs and, like, interpreting them in a way that remind or like it's kind of like nostalgic for people and it's like mm -hmm. you know you're reminding us us of a you know a different time and you know your voice reminds me of this one or that one and everything like that so i'm conscious of that and i'm grateful for that um because i think that like we said before like i could have gone the gospel route or even the r&b route or even the soul route but that's just not what i wanted to do like i admire so many artists in all of those genres and even like listen to them a lot even when i was thinking about like a career in like r&b or like in gospel i was just like i don't know if i could do it i don't know if that's mm -hmm. you know where my voice lies or like where i feel like i could grow as an artist um in in any of those genres and maybe so i don't know but it's just not what i felt at the time and so and, and even now yeah i'm conscious of the fact that i guess i'm bringing music and the fact that people my age a lot of students come to the shows a lot, you know, a lot of the times and they're like, you know, it's so nice to see you up there doing it because it makes me feel like I can do it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I want to sing and, and be a part of this as well. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like and this is why not to be your uh, social media manager, but I do think that this is this may be a good reason to keep up your TikTok presence in particular, because what I find interesting about this, about being the you know, like a Gen Z jazz sensation is that you're not, it's not like you're taking jazz classics and like remixing them in some way. Like they're still very much like rooted very heavily in like the jazz tradition. 
it's just the fact that you are so young and it's the fact that like it's for some people if they're scrolling like like for me like scrolling through tiktok and seeing this and being like and i'm already a huge jazz fan like i'll just put that out there like i have been listening to jazz since i was young actually like very young i've always loved it but i do love the possibility of some teenager or something scrolling through and seeing someone who looks like them someone's like just looks young and hearing this the hearing and being like oh wow what is this song and just even have that curiosity of like who is this person? What are they singing? What's it about? What's the genre jazz about? Because jazz, as influential as it's been to so many other genres, it's still not mainstream. It's either for people who are like diehard jazz fans or people who just use it, unfortunately, as like background music, like elevator music. And so I do love the fact that there's someone like you who is, because I think that people just automatically assume that jazz is for like, quote unquote, old people. <laughs> and, you know, I think that it is very nice that there's someone like you in the genre still being very rooted with like the tradition of it now that's not to say that maybe later down in your career like maybe you will do like a trap jazz album i don't know like I don't, <laughs> your face <laughs> i'm just throwing oh, it out hello. There. <laughs> you're telling me you don't want to have like a collab with like future on an ella song come on like, i'm kidding i am kidding for the record <laughs> Oh my god. Jail. 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 Guard. Guard. And not to belabor the point of the age thing, because I mean, like I said, your talent speaks for itself. But I mean, do you feel like you have been taken seriously in this genre being so young? Even with like the attention on social media, there are people like Miss Diane Reeves and like, mm -hmm. um, instrumentalists that I respect and within the jazz community that are like, we love what you do. You know, we follow you. We share you with our friends, like keep doing what you're doing. So I'm like, yeah, I feel honored to be a part of this in the first place, but to be, you know, acknowledged by people who are, you know, diehard jazz fans, they play it on the radio, like people, especially on the radio, like people who play it on the radio, they have their own radio stations and they're like boosting my music and like sharing with people like that. That means the world, you know? Yeah. And I do agree on the point of like, you know, there's so much that we get hit with in the news and in social media as far as music is concerned. And so to have my music also be I guess a part of the choices, like the options. I'm not gonna force it down anybody's throat being on TikTok and being like trying to be hip and trying to be, you know, a part of the TikTok generation and and like the lingo or anything like that. But um if I can share it, you know, and then you gravitate towards it naturally, like you you like it and you're like, what is this? I wanna know more, then that's cool. So that's why I've been fighting with TikTok recently, because I'm like I don't want to do that, okay? I don't want to be a part of uh, the antics. I know, but take that energy. That That's really it. Tap in when it feels organic. Yeah. And because I feel like it's if it doesn't, it'll show, and then it'll just be, you know, the, it'll just be worse for you. So it'll flop. I fully, fully, fully support the idea of just, like, doing it when it makes sense for you. And, you know, I say it's funny asking the question of, like, do you, you think people have taken you seriously? Because, I mean, you've won all these awards and— you again are nominated for two Grammys. You're nominated for Best Jazz Vocal Album and Best New Artist. And so take me back to when you found out. Like, what was that like for you? <laughs> I think All I right. saw the TikTok where you're on the train or something. All right, so boom. <laughs> okay, so boom. So boom. <laughs> so boom. Leading up to this, right, there are people when I when I even when I put up the for your consideration on, mm -hmm. on Facebook and social media, I had 
everybody. They were like, we're praying for you to get that Grammy. We're praying for you to get not like there were so many people mm-hmm. hitting me up. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to think about it. You know, thank you for your prayers. Yeah. I take it, but I'm not even going to think about it. Right. So the day before the nomination announcement on like live stream, I was in D.C. I was doing a gig at the Kennedy Center. It went just well. Casually dropping that. Yeah. yeah just casually, with the Kennedy you know, with Center. The, it's cool. With mm-hmm. a symphony orchestra. You know, no big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I was so much fun. I was like, this is my first time actually doing something, you know, with strings. Like, it's so beautiful. And I met this beautiful singer. Her name is Amber Iman. And she performed as well. And we met up. We had the same dressing room. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so nice to meet you. It's like fellow performers, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to see you in New York because we both live in New York. Um, so, boom, gig went well. Go to sleep. Wake up the next day, I'm headed to the train from D.C. to New York, and I'm sitting in the car, riding, riding along. I'm 30 minutes from Penn Station when I get a whole bunch of texts. Because I wasn't watching. I, I said right. before, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to mm-hmm. think about it. I'm just going to watch the nomination, or I'm going to find out after, you right. know, whether or not anything happened. But the label was watching, my manager was watching. And so family's watching probably. They all were like, Oh my gosh, you did it, you did it. And I'm on the train by myself like I'm literally like just sitting like my heart is about to fall out of my chest. And then I look over and I see Amber as she was just about to text me. Oh my gosh, you did it. Like I we didn't even know we were on the same car. And so I looked over and I saw her and we were like "Ah!" <laughs> and we texting back and forth like, yo, we about to act a fool as soon as we get off of this train. <laughs> and so as soon as we get to Penn Station, I got off and that's when she started recording. It was like, oh my God! <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a I know people like, er? <laughs> like what? <laughs> In the video you see a dude like, oh, what? <laughs> Hold on. Right? <laughs> Stop yelling. <laughs> and so, I mean, I was dancing. I was like running around the train. I was praise dancing. I was like, I was singing across the platform. People were taking videos of me. I was like, you better tag me. I was going to say, <laughs> tag <right>? me. <laughs> Follow at Samara Joy Sings. Tag me. I want to see it. <laughs> but, yo, like that, because I really, honestly, I was like, I thought about it. I was like, okay, today is the announcements. But, We'll see. Because me right. and the Grammys just seem so far away. Like, that's just an event Why, that I watch though? on TV. It's just an event that I watch on TV every year. Like, I see nah. all of these amazing stars. I see the outfits. I watch the TikTok reviews of people's outfits and stuff. Like, that's that's the extent of my relationship with it. But I guess this year is different because there were, like, musicians within those categories, like, within the jazz category and within the cla- classical category that were voting. And so, Which makes such a huge difference. Because especially with a genre like jazz, like, you need people who are actually involved in that genre to be like have their ears to the streets and for talent such as yourself so i was so excited because again like i said your music is like speaks for itself it's so phenomenal and i and so often you know not disparaging the grammys but i feel like it gets very frustrating when you see people who should be nominated who aren't and it's like Come on. And so, like, when it finally, not only one nomination, but two best, because mm-hmm. best jazz, like, jazz album, like, okay, yeah, sure, great. Yeah, yeah. we get that. But best new artist. Yo. See now. Like, what? <laughs> regardless of what happens, like, you know, you're, again, talent speaks for itself. But where do you see yourself going now at this point in your career? Like, what's, what is, I hate that question of, like, what's next, but, like, 
I think it's really interesting speaking to someone such as yourself, someone who has this huge career ahead of herself. Like, I'm just curious, like, what what do you see for yourself? Well, the goals that I had before the Grammys haven't changed mm-hmm. as far as like listening to myself when it comes like when it comes to like, OK, this is the music that I'm listening to. This is what I'm inspired by. These are the artists that I'm inspired by. I want to make a statement like this or collaborate with musicians in this way or you know compose or arrange like that's the goal like i want to be in in writing lyrics because i like to write lyrics to melodies Mm. um that are like already pre-existing like for example barry harris was one of my i would say one of my mentors he's an incredible pianist and incredible composer in his own right um and he wrote so many beautiful songs and so i wanted to like write lyrics to one of them because they're so melodic they're so lyrical on their own i guess presented it to it presented to people in a way that it hasn't been before like telling a story on top of the story that's already told through the song but um yeah lyricist composer maybe being you know doing a soundtrack you know with with the collaborating with a, a movie or like there was another regina king that that round table um spike lee was there i was like i could be denzel's daughter and like mo better blues too like what would you know yeah like just, listen just, just put it out there put it out there put it out there listen the universe the universe be listening mr. so i'm just spike saying lee. Like, mr spike lee I'm up, the, I'm up the street you know what i'm saying <laughs> literally I'm up for the street. real <laughs> i'm right on 191st and broad Whoa. No, I'm kidding, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, kidding, but not kidding. I mean, because Spike, I feel like I bump into Spike at any given moment in New York. <laughs> so it's like he's everywhere. So. I have like projects in mind. I was like, oh, this would be cool. That would be, and that hasn't changed you know, with the Grammys. I think maybe they're more, they feel in reach mm. more so now. Um, right. But I still have the same goal at like the end goal of like being the best artist that I can be. Yeah. You know, and constantly growing and, and and adding to myself, I guess. So when you look out at your future, what do you see as the most significant challenge possibly standing in your way to reaching those goals? Now, the opposite side of having all the attention is like everybody's like, come here and tour here and tour there. And it's like, I do need time, I think, to focus on music and to have, mm. you know, and to actually recharge and remind myself of why I'm doing this in the first place. And it can't happen when I'm constantly on the road. So I think that would be the the biggest challenge, I guess, the biggest challenge for anybody is just time, you know, having the time and prioritizing the time off that I do have to rest and recuperate and practice, you know, and play with musicians in town and, and get ideas. Like if I have a song or if I have an arrangement and I want to hear it, collab like just getting together with musicians, come over to my house, I'll come to you, let's just play, you know. I think that that's, that's what I miss. Because being on the road this past couple of months was, has, been, has been overwhelming because I feel like I just, even though I strive to kind of make each show as if it's the first time, like sometimes when I sing the same song, I'm like, I, I don't know if I can get anything more from this. Mm. And so I feel like I'm singing everything the same way, which is not because that's when it because that's when it just starts to kind of die, for lack of a better word. But what, one thing that I admired about Miss Reeves over this past tour is like every night, you know, she had we each had like kind of the same set list. But with her song, she was always reaching for something different, always mm-hmm. singing something different and like adding different moments. Like there was one gig where it's like she brought me out 
and we were going to sing this Christmas. But before we did it, she was like, band, stop. We're just going to scat together a cappella. I was like, what? <laughs> like, wow. What, what do you mean we're going to do this? And and so, but I had to be like, I had to be aware and be, you know, and, and, that's, and I, I like that better than just being comfortable. Like we do this song the same way we do this arrangement, blah, 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 versus like, always be on because you know ne- you never know what's going to happen you don't know what musical moment is going to spark you know while we're playing so I, I guess all of that to say is like i want time to play and to perform and sing for people but also to feed my own artistic battery i guess so that i continue to explore and improvise and and be conscious you know of music and and ways to make things different or better well, thank you for making the time for this interview. I feel bad now. Like I'm just like, you know, she she could be she could be recuperating and thinking about, you know, next steps and here she is talking to my raggedy no. self, but that's fine. <laughs> this has to be like one of the best interviews that I've oh, done. Oh, stop, please. So no, far. no, no. It takes it's two to fun. tango. I'll accept that. Thank you, but also you are such a fun person to interview and I again, I'm just always blown away by your talent. I could gush. I could gush. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this. So congratulations on those nominations. Thank you. Grammys. I just want to be on the red. Like, I just want to be on the red carpet, like narrating, you know, like now Beyonce comes down the red carpet. Oh my God. Looking as fabulous as ever. You said it and I want you to do it now. That would be (laughs) hysterical to me. That's the one time that I would actually be on TikTok. Like, okay, follow me on a day in my life at the Grammys. We're going to interview the stars. Get ready with me as I interview the stars. Because truly, I'm a fan. <laughs> I come to this place as a fan. Oh, my God. Listen, you I said... I know that's going to be a time. Don't joke about that because mm-hmm. I'm going to be watching the Grammys. I haven't mm-hmm. watched the Grammys in a minute, but I'm going to be watching for this specific and reason. Be so, so Oh, my god. You gosh. got this. You got this. Put it onto the universe. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Thank you. that's all for this episode of creative control make sure you subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and as always make sure to rate and comment as well because we love hearing from you fast company podcasts are produced by avery miles blake odom matt toter and julia shu editing and sound design is by nicholas torres our executive producer is joshua christensen deputy editor david litsky provided editorial oversight for this episode as well as senior vp of entertainment scott mevis 